Welcome back. Episode 11. We watch Dead People. I'm Will. It's your typical Monday morning. Now that there have been 11, we're, we're over the hill of double digits. We're just... I, I said this I'm Will and you just now. I said I'm Will and you just let it it's hang. The said, oh, I sound like an idiot. <laughs> it's the eleventh episode. They already know. I guess. Oh well. <laughs> but yeah, that's gonna be funny to listen back to <laughs> me rambling and being like, I'm Will. <laughs> <laughs> what do you bring to the table? It reminds me. Will. <laughs> oh. I. Will. <laughs> Uh, but yes, episode 11. And, episode 11. And it's a special episode. Because we're tomato babies. Oh, well, yeah, we got a little bit of sun this week. We got sunburned. But we still found time to watch two movies. Two? Oh, that's, that's what, what you're saying, yes. Mr. Brian. Yeah, we yeah. watched two movies. We did two dose, a film, series. Why didn't we do that for ten? It's like the first... Double digits, here's a double movie. Why don't we do that? I don't know, because we're doing it now, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But We're not going to do it every week, though, because two movies, you know, so long. Well, you just wait till Halloween. We're going to be oh huffing God, through I that don't... franchise, so it's going to be a good time. Huffing. Anyways, <laughs> yes, we watched um, two movies from, well, The Strangers, The Strangers franchise. There's one from 2008, mm-hmm. and then one from... 2018. Wasn't that recent? Yeah, it came out last spring. Wow. Oh, well, just do housekeeping while we're here. Okay, well, I'm going to do the first one first. And then when we talk about the second one, I'll do the second one. Oh, is that how we're doing it? I thought. Okay. Do you want me to? No, I had no plan. Well, I guess if we're comparing and contrasting, I'll do them. I'll just do them both. So the first (laughs) one from 2008 uh, is written and directed by Brian Bertino. It's his first movie. Um, and it stars Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman uh, as Kristen and James, a couple that's gone off to uh, a cabin, a cabin a in the woods, cabin. a family vacation home kind of thing, and they're uh, accosted by three masked criminals who basically break into their house and taunt them for the entirety of the movie. It's very statistic. Um, the second one is called it, it was in development hell for a long time they because the first strangers actually did pretty well it like they you know they only it was made, scary yeah but they only made it for a couple million bucks and then it made like 80 million dollars which is pretty solid um yeah so, that's a good little chunk of yeah a good chunk of change and so they talked about making a sequel for a long time it took a long time to come together but in 2018 uh, they made The Strangers Pray at Night, and that was written by Brian Bertino and Ben... Who directed and wrote the last one? Yeah. The first one? Okay. And uh, it was co-written by Ben Katai. I get the feeling that Bertino wrote a script, and then it was basically taken and largely rewritten later, but we'll get into that in a bit. And it was directed by Johans Roberts, who also directed um, 47 Meters Down, which is like that Mandy Moore shark movie. Uh, and it's got... Was that recent? Yeah. Okay. It's got Christina Hendricks, Martin Henderson, excuse me, Bailey Madison, and Lewis <laughs> Pullman. Eh, you know, I couldn't help it. Well, uh, <laughs> well, now we're focusing on it. You're making it worse. Keep going. But anyways, that movie's about a family vacation, uh, and they, they end up... They go to a trailer park to see, like... In Ohio. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they go to a trailer park that one of their 
one of the parents' family members own, and again they they encounter encounter the same masked baddies from the first movie. Mm -hmm. So the difference between the two movies. Oh, I should mention that the Strangers Pray at Night wasn't received as well uh, critically. Not that the first one didn't wow the critics, but I think they admitted that there was some style and some good scares. But the second one didn't do quite as well, and it also did not make as much money. It had a smaller budget, and it made only $30 million, so might be the end of The Strangers. At any rate, the difference between the two movies is that whereas the first one is a really like dark, sadistic, um, and ominous kind of movie... It's slow-paced. It's like you... You have a haunting feeling that they're there because this girl comes and knocks on the door and it's like 4 a.m. And they're like, it's 4 a.m.? What do you want? She's just off-putting. And after you see that, like the whole thing just feels very scary. And there are a lot of shots of them like in the background coming into focus or they've left something slightly changed. It's very psychological. Yeah. Slow. But, But even beyond that, I mean like... We'll, I'll spoil it, but we'll talk about it more. Nobody... no. It takes over an hour for somebody to die in the movie, and the protagonists don't die until the very end. Mm-hmm. In Stranger's Prey of Night, from the very beginning, they establish a very different kind of tone, this like sort of 80s slasher thing with, like... They play 80s pop music, and it's just more stylized violence mm-hmm. and less less suspense. Yeah. And well, people... it opens with a shot of them doing another killing. Yeah, and the movie, there's just more consistent bloodshed throughout that whole movie. But I'd say the real change in the tone is the that it's like... The Strangers is a horror movie. It is scary. The Strangers Pray at Night is like a slasher movie. It's fun. It's not... It, there are a couple scary bits, but not really. Yeah, no, I wasn't. And uh, it's mostly just fun. So... The f- I mean, it's fun because it's got lights and good music. That's what's fun. Yeah. The Strangers, but the, the first Strangers... You can get that in Mamma Mia. <laughs> Just telling you. Yeah, but... Uh, it doesn't have to be in a horror package. Okay, well... But some people like that, like me. So, it was... It's fun. But we'll get into that in a bit. We'll talk about the first one first. The first one was the scariest movie I'd ever seen when I first saw it. How old were you? Well, uh, 13, I think. Okay. I mean, the concept is frightening. Because the characters that are invading the home, at the end of the movie, they're asked for their motivation. And it was used in all the promo material. And one of them just says, because you are home. And, like, that really bothered me as a kid that there would be, like, just a group of people who would break into your house and scare the shit out of you and then kill you just because they wanted to. Yeah, I mean, that was... It wasn't... I don't think it's the scariest movie I've seen. I still think The Descent was scarier. But I went to bed after seeing The Descent and dreamt of, like, little mole people. And I was like, ah, this... I Like, you had to walk me back and forth to, like, the bathroom when I slept with a nightlight on because I was just like... There could be people. Well, that's why I think this one is scarier than The Descent. The Descent is scary, I thought. But at the end of the day, it's like cave diving, which I'm not going to do, with little monster people running around, which aren't real. 
the strangers were three mass people breaking into these people's homes and then just knifing them at the end and that was that's that can happen yeah uh, rare but it can happen and they tee you up for that uh fright at the beginning of the movie because they got that like texas chainsaw john lacret or Larquette sort of narration where it's like this was inspired by true events you know and they <laughs> i don't think there was narrative i think it was just text on no the there's a voice is there yeah oh. it's it's a preposterously deep voiced man we're yeah. gonna check that but okay it's true i'm I, sure i've yeah, i've seen it enough it's <laughs> it freaked me out as a kid that guy's voice but it you know I, it, a stronger bit of the opening is that they start with this sort of slow shots of different houses and sort of suburban settings and it sort of really leans into the sort of this this could happen to you thing and you know they make they make some horror movie mistakes like the characters do i should say of uh Liv Tyler's Kristen and Scott Speedman's James they split up a little bit too it's much it's like they don't and, even know they're in a horror film well yeah, but... <laughs> but no, no, it's playing into some, like, tropes where you're just kind of, as an audience, as a viewer, being like, ugh, you, we've seen this a million times and it never works. Well, you know, like, they have that creepy Or it stuff. never goes well for them. Creepy stuff happens where, like, uh... I'm trying to, like... Liv Tyler has all that creepy shit happen where, like, the fire alarm goes off and then it's on the pillow... Yeah, I mean... And there's all the pounding at the door. And eventually she just, like, changes her clothes and is, like, having a glass of water. Yeah. She just sort of seems a little unfazed, which then leads into the biggest scare of the movie, in my opinion. Or the best scare. Not the biggest, but the best one. it was. There's a... It's also probably the most famous scare of any of of these two movies. Which is, she's in the kitchen having a glass of water and there's, like, this medium shot of the kitchen... And it, it goes uninterrupted for, like, 30 seconds. But the, there's, like, a man with, like, a burlap mask with a little smiley face on it. And he steps into the background out of the dark. Silently. Yeah, it's just totally quiet. And he's just watching her. And she moves around the kitchen a little bit. And, again, uninterrupted shot, like, a half a minute. And then, of course, when she turns around, he's not there. But that that is a really scary scene yeah and i think that 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 sort of subtlety is typifies the difference between the first and the second movie there's more than a few moments like that in this one now there are a few jump scares too that that scare in particular is followed pretty swiftly by like she goes up to a sliding door and that dude's there and puts his hand on the glass and yeah. plays the scary sounds and she starts screaming and then and then the record jumps up and it keeps skipping on that one creepy line. I know. You know, but but all in all, I think like the atmosphere of the movie is it's really cohesive. It's just very oppressive and grim and sad. It's yeah. sort of like um Sort of a movie like, uh, the director's name is, I'm forgetting it, it's going to kill me, but Funny Games, he did two versions of his own movie, one in German and one in French. Oh, God, Martin Hannick, I think, maybe. You've got a computer. Or one in German and one in English. We could pause, you could look it up. No, I'll look it up right now. People can just hear me do it. It is Martin, uh, Michael Hannick, not Martin. Anyways, two two guys in that movie is break into a house and torture a whole family for a night. Mm. But in that movie... 
mm-hmm. that movie, Michael Haneke is sort of playing this winking game with the audience where the, the, the two people break in and they bet the family, you're going to be dead by the morning. And then it's like, a it's a game, you know. But he has the killers or the eventual killers like addressing the audience Mm -hmm. and there are bits in the movie where like the family gets the upper hand on the on the bad guys and then they literally just rewind the movie like that one of them finds a remote and like rewinds the movie in the movie and then they and then they beat the family i've had dreams like that and so it's that movie is sort of hannock show putting the viewer in this like really it's like you sicko you're a part of this Mm-hmm. This terribleness. This movie isn't quite as in your face or no, showboaty, no. But it's the same kind of thing because you're just like, what? It's there. Are, there is nothing to feel good about in the first Strangers movie. It is just oppressive. And there's very little sentence. hope. Oh, not like none. And anytime there is hope, it's very quickly taken. Very off. quickly, which is there was one thing that I didn't really like in the first one, which is. No. You said it's his brother, like, comes by to get him because at the beginning he's left him a message because he's proposed to his girlfriend and she said no. That isn't revealed right away, Sad. but yeah. Well, <laughs> Pretty early on, I think. Ready. It doesn't matter. Well, but it might have been his friend, Mike, if that's what you're... Like. That's what I'm saying is that, yes, I'm talking... He left him a message and was like, will you come get me? Like, things didn't go as I wanted, whatever. And so then this guy does show up, like, later in the morning. Mm. Like, maybe it's six or seven. I don't know. They've been at a wedding. And he goes, and he's there for, like, maybe two minutes, and then, boom, he's shot. Well, Accidentally by the guy, which just makes it even sadder. But while we were watching it, I was like, oh, no, he shot his friend. And you were like, no, that's his brother. And I was like, there was no setup for that. I felt, no, like, I feel bad that he shot somebody when he didn't want to, but I felt no connection to that character or their relationship. And you were like, no, when there's a shot... Then maybe I guess I just missed, but it shows like on the kitchen or whatever, it has their two names like etched into the wall, like like they're doing their a height, height thing yeah. that made you think they were brothers. But I don't, there was like no setup to that. Like I didn't care about him. I mean, it was, I'm sad he got well, shot, but. Yeah, I understand what you mean. I think that you basically care about that because they, they care. care. Yeah. Um, it didn't do enough for me. Yeah. But that's I mean, the I, one thing where I was like, eh. But even so, I think that that scene's done really well. Because, yeah, no, I'm not saying it's badly. Because, like, again, they make effective use of the music and the stillness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stuff in the background and that kind of thing. Because the guy with the bag on his head is coming up slowly with the axe, you know, and you think yeah. he's going to get him. Um, which, you know, again, is a little hokey. But I think that uh, it's... Uh, that. The, the, one of the other standout things about this movie, well, I mean, it's not entirely true because of, about the second one, I'm just trying to think of, like, what makes this movie stand apart from, like, just a normal slasher kind of movie, but I think it's, it is the randomness of everything that's going and on. And there's no explanation, like, there's, they're not trying to wink at any kind of motive, no. like, the most you get from it is that maybe this is their first time killing together because the last shot is them, the three killers, driving away. Not quite the and, last shot, Because the actual last shot oh, yeah, sucks. Yeah, you're right. The last <laughs> shot does suck. We'll get, that's the other... Okay, there were two things. I knew it. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, 
one of the lady killers says to the other lady killer like it'll be easier next time and like you barely hear it and then they're gone so like that's as much background motive story to them as possible which makes sense as an audience member because you are put in the victim's shoes immediately like even with the shots where you can see the killer and they don't you know as much as they do yeah do you know what i mean like that's i think that was interesting storytelling on to the last shot. This movie well, was set up perfectly. Oh, you don't want to go into it yet? No, because I wanted to say one other thing. I go feel ahead. Like it's no. just on the thread we were just talking about. Okay, go ahead. Well, I read about this online, so I can't claim, like, claim to this idea. Yeah, but it is sort of similar to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like some of the theories around the movie and like its meaning. A lot of people have brought up that like it's made in the wake of Vietnam and all this like turmoil in the United States, all this unrest. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a really, excuse me, ex- uh, like existential time. Everyone's really grim and sad. So that's why there's like this scene of like, or this movie of like unrepentant, just like sort of anarchy and violence. And it's like sort of like the distillation of the American psyche, just like people going fucking nuts. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'll, some people have theorized, you know, it may not be purposeful, of course, but that this movie struck a chord because of its place sort of in the post 9-11 like pop culture canon it's sort of just like this really existential movie where people die for no reason and it just sort of encapsulates this sort of like grim ideology that's like become rather rooted at the heart of it i mean maybe yeah i don't i don't think it's actually were people really craving to see that kind of thing post 9-11 i thought cooking shows went way up i don't know about they're craving it but it sort of is relatable oh okay yeah Yeah. i see what i don't know necessarily that like that's a very purposeful um uh no i feel like horror movies in general you can are made frequently enough and yeah, but this tragedy one, happens enough. You but, can... but this movie is uh, of a particularly existential streak. Because yeah. even even as we'll get into with the next movie, I mean, that it just doesn't catch that at all. I mean, does and, the director, has he said anything about? What? Anything about, that you've read about? No, it's just like film analysis. Yeah. Oh, okay. well, yeah. And that's fine. I just want to know if yeah, he yeah. had said anything to back it up because... No, I don't think so. I, I mean, th- you're convincing me. Well, I think as far as... I've just read about how he very purposefully, this is not about like the existential nature of the movie, but like he very purposefully made the house look 70s-ish so it would be set in sort of like a retro setting without being a retro movie, Mm -hmm. you know, and so he sort of, it was, you know, his way of making nods at sort of these horror movies of yesteryear that did rely more on suspense than like hacking and slashing people, like with sort of the the norm yeah. in the years this movie was coming out like mm-hmm. saw was a big deal and stuff oh. so the strangers was really um a different kind of horror movie for the time in which it came out i mean there are other movies like it but right right in the time in which it was coming out it was not um like the others and so yeah i mean it is just an oppressively grim movie um but yeah the ending is yes it, it okay sucks. this was set up <laughs> The Perfectly. very, the very ending, because they ultimately get the couple, and they just 
one of the last scenes of the movie is you just watch them get stabbed to death repeatedly for like five full minutes. And they don't that fully sucks. they don't fully show it, do that. I was watching between my fingers yeah. at that point. But you don't it's not like you don't see like in out. No, it's not it's, it's like not the knife cl- is right out of shot it's and it's sort of like Texas the- Chainsaw in that there is a lot. Of, I mean, it's it's more it graphic, I think, than Texas Chainsaw because you can almost see it, and there's a lot of blood. Yeah. But you don't actually very. You don't really see the point of impact, and your yeah, your brain fills it in. Yeah. Because they'll cut to a shot, and you'll see them react, and then you wince too, because like. Ugh. And they're very good with the sounds. It's guttural, li- li- gushing. It's gushy. I still, I still kind of giggle oh, yeah, it. But when, when Liv yes. Tyler first gets stabbed, she <laughs> makes like, an outrageously li- silly sound. It's like, oh. No, it's way more like, oh. Yes. <laughs> she's got a voice crack in there that's going to like. Pfft. She's pretty good in the movie, too. So yeah. there's no knock on her. It's just like. Anyway, they do all the stabbing. And then it cuts and Liv Tyler is still alive. And she's crawling towards a phone. A phone, um, and you're like, ah, oh, maybe she's gonna make it. And then the mask man like comes out and like takes the phone away and just like walks away, which was also scary because well, he's like, not even gonna kill. He looks at her for a little bit, and yeah, then, and then leaves. Yeah, which was creepy as shit. But then these two boys that they're not missionaries; they're yeah, just they're handing like, out no, religious like, pamphlets. Yeah, they're like young Christians. Yeah. I don't know if the term is missionary. Whatever, they come to your door. and yeah. But they're kids, so it's harder to... They're kids. And they come and one of them goes up and, like, sees... Her. They're very calmly kind of walking around. I mean, they're scared, but I would be shitting my pants. Um, And one of them, the last shot, is he goes up to Liv Tyler and you think she's dead. And then he, she, like, reaches out and grabs him and screams. Uh-huh. And then it cuts, so it's she's still alive. So I was like, oh, so the sequel must be... And you were like, nah, she's she's not in the sequel. And I was like, what? Because that's set up so... Per- like, she's still alive. Like, maybe they could do the thing that they did with Halloween, where she's been, like, dramatized, and she's had to deal with it. I don't, even care, I don't even care if they're setting up for a sequel. That was a stupid ending. I mean... Because it relied entirely on a scare that, I mean, as we just explained, was not the kind of scares that that movie really banked on Mm -hmm. and that was dumb whatever it was unsatisfying yeah i mean they should have just left it with you just feeling gross i think that would have been a much better way to actually end the movie and get what they wanted but yeah they end on this dumb thing where she's still alive at least for the moment and this this fades into us talking about the second one which as i said uh whenever i was doing the housekeeping business Brian Bertino, who wrote and directed the first one, technically has a writing credit on uh, Pray at Night, but I think that it was probably rewritten because the rumors about the movie, uh, whenever, like in the early 2010s when they were talking about it, Mm -hmm. was that it was going to take place in a trailer park and it was going to have Liv Tyler in it. And then it took 10 years for them to make it and Liv Tyler hasn't really been in any big movies since then so my guess is is that something didn't work out uh contractually or you know that it just went on too long and she wasn't interested and brian bertino probably moved on too and eventually some people came back around to it and decided to make it but it got a heavy rewrite so that all oh, these so he probably wrote like an original thing and then, then they just some they just like a... and that's why i think the tone is so different because from the opening of the movie, they start with this, like, 80s pop stuff, and 
you know, I love 80s pop. This is no knock on this movie because ultimately I've actually really enjoyed this movie. The aesthetic was fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a very different kind of movie. And I think if you come to it with, um, with your expectations calibrated, which is hard to do when there's when the first one was such a specific thing and this one doesn't pay any homage or nod or any there's no well, it, similarities besides the same killers and I'm not saying that well, I don't it, like the like 80s neon bright lights fun whatever they're running away it's like a little ridiculous like I think slasher might be my kind of thing besides the very brutal murders it was disappointing as a sequel because it was like that's not a sequel. That's just its own movie with a, with the same villains, which just makes it feel lazy. But also, I would disagree with you that there isn't any homage. But that's what makes it annoying. Is that? That's what I'm saying. That's annoying. Well, but the hom- the homage is not anything in tone. It's they basically repeat many of the same gimmicks from the first movie. They're like. Knock on the door. The girl's in the dark. She asks for the girl who isn't there. She walks away. Yeah. The yeah, stuff where she's like dragging the knife on the table, like yeah. in that particular way. It's all, it's many of the same notes, you know, from the first movie, but cast in a different tone. Mm, like you and, can cook tomato a bunch of different ways. Sure. It's still tomato. But ketchup? It's just kind of weird having watched the first one and liked the first one so much. But. Again, I just, I don't mean to rag on it because I ultimately do like it. I mean, it's just a much uh, more, uh, lighthearted isn't the right word, but I think fun is the right word. It's like more enjoyable (laughs) to watch because The Strangers 1, while I do like it. It's a quality horror film. Yeah. In the sense that it leaves you with dread and terror and you need to use your nightlight. Yeah, but the second one is just sort of like, "Ah, I just want to watch some people get killed by these creepy people. That was, that's a no good sentence. Well, yeah, but it's a horror movie. So yeah, it's fine. I know, you know but people know what I'm taking I mean. it out of context. That sounds well, terrible. Well, it's in context. So. Well, anyways, I, it's just it's a very different kind of movie. I I think that um, it does. It's it's for the first three quarters. It's actually like pretty solid. I think it's fun. There's some quality quality uh, build up to some. To some kills and that kind of thing. Um, um, and, and the trailer park setting is a little unsettling, even if like the sets are a little samey, because they keep just going into different trailers that look like the same set, just sort of like rearranged a bit. Yeah, slightly different colors. Um, but that's, trailer parks are kind of like, we used to vacation well, in I know, a trailer but that's park why it's, well. That's why it's a, yeah. a, a, a low convenient budget. set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there is this amazing bite scene, like... Which again, there are no yes, like, there are no, there the are no fight scenes in the first movie, no. but there are fight scenes in this one, and there's a little more audience gratification because in the first movie there are there is no gratification. Just when you think something good has happened, something horrible happens, or the Very good thing quickly. turns out to be bad, and so you never get the. It's sort of like the funny games thing with the rewind. You never get the one up. You never get the happy resolution like, oh maybe yeah the relief this but movie, this scene there are there is relief the and fight scene you like you made me watch so not so many times but like you showed it to me because you were like this is an amazing scene here's this clip and then we would have <laughs> like different people over and you'd be like oh, you guys want to see a clip and so i'd seen it so <laughs> many times That's so annoying i know um, but anyways there's this... no you're not you're excited about 
tell about the scene. Go well, ahead. I know you want to. Well, it just the so the parents in the movie are both killed, Denzel. and the the mom gets killed first in a pretty unceremonious fashion. She just kind of gets stabbed in the back. Yeah, but it's not like. That's just it. She gets stabbed, and then they twist the knife, and then you just find her dead later. It's, like, kind of just it. The dad, like, has a pretty gnarly death where he gets, like, a big, like, wooden pole through him. Yeah, and, and a then, car crash. And then the, the mask guy gets in the car and stabs him with an ice pick a few times. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. A, uh, that, yeah, that one made me wince. And, uh, but... The daughter, the edgy daughter in the Ramones t-shirt. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's off the shoulder, but there's no continu- continuity in the shots that keep switching over which shoulder it's pulled off of. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would love to do movie continuity and just have that be my job and be like, wait, wait, wait. I will say that they did do some of her character well. Like, we all pointed out that she looked uneasy holding a cigarette. It didn't look right. Oh, my and then gosh. Her, and then her brother made fun of her for it in the yeah. movie. So, I mean, some of it's all right. Anyway, she gets slashed up, so she's... The brother tucks her away to hide or something. This is where yeah. they're a little more dumb. They split up too much in this movie and, like, just run around. I don't know. Make loud sounds. Anyways, yeah, it basically doesn't matter. But the brother ends up in this, like, uh, pool house complex. And one of the masked people, Dollface, she sort of seems older. An older woman. There's, like, an older woman, a younger woman, and then the man. Yeah. And, and she she's seems, older than the other lady. Yeah. And she... He ends up, the boy ends up running out to the, to the pool and like and all. And he's got a golf club. Yeah. And yeah. all these neon lights come on mm-hmm. and a total eclipse of the heart starts to play. Amazing. And there's this great shot where like it's wide on the pool and then it zooms in really fast. So you see the doll face woman like running up behind him and he just like turns around and whips her with the golf club. Yeah, well he's already kinda of holding it like a pad, he's looking around and you Yeah, but all it's a total surprise. The, yeah, I know, but you all of a sudden hear the like running the footsteps, yeah. whatever, and he just like But it's a total surprise she because goes down. It, it is a quality upending of the expectations from the first movie where they were like virtually supernatural. They could like they're not, but they could, they could just, out. yeah, they yeah. could, they do that horror movie shit where they just like run around, but are never you seen. You don't ever see. They're, they're only, never breathing they're, heavily. They're only seen when they want to be seen, basically. Yeah. Anyway, so he clubs her and then she go, goes, down. goes to look at her under the mask and she wakes up. So he takes her knife and just stabs her a bunch. Yeah. It's like, wow, he they actually fucking killed one of these people. And then the dude in the mask comes out with an axe and... Uh, the kid yells at him. He's like, I, you like, I killed one of yours. How does that feel? Yeah. How does that feel? Yeah. That, I told you, we've watched it a lot. Yeah. And they start they start fighting. The guy swings no, the axe No, he starts him. swinging. And it's like... Yeah, these big axe swings. These yeah, like heavy... They're frightening looking. And the then, guy, you can't see me, but I'm pretending to jump back. <laughs> and then eventually they both fall into the pool. Oh, and they're wrestling underwater. The and sound se- design is so Yeah, there good. are several really good shots where like... The camera travels from above the pool where the water is really still and the song's playing at full volume to under the water where it's like tinny and distant and they're wrestling for the knife under the water. And it's scary as shit. Yeah. And then uh, eventually a boy goes to try and get out of the water and the guy comes up behind him and stabs him in the back. And it's mm-hmm. just like pretty brutal. I mean, it's like a really well done scene. It's, yeah. It's really solid. But then from there, the boy gets saved by his sister. He's not actually dead. 
And, and then things go to shit because... Well, I wouldn't say they go to shit, but I could definitely understand why people don't like it because it, it enters into a level of, like, unbelievable that, yes. e- that even wasn't right for this movie. Yes, because he's been stabbed in the back, right? He was bleeding out in this pool until his sister came and dragged him out. She gets stabbed in the leg at some point, and they kind of take turns of deciding who is helping who because at one point he's carrying her and then in like the next shot or like a minute later they're both running and then he's carrying her again or she's leaning on him while they limp and i was like what is it just the rush of adrenaline because you're not signaling that it just feels lazy not after the pool yeah after the pool he just she just sets him down i know i'm talking about then the movie continues and he like carries her and no, to no, have the order mixed up. I think you might, there, yeah. No, because there was something at the end where I like snorted to myself because I was like, Whoa. where they're like running, but then all of a sudden she's like limping and he's holding her because she goes and hides in a trailer or something. That's before the pool stuff, though. Oh well, shit. Well, either way, I didn't like well, it. What I what I think you're thinking of is that she had already been cut along the legs in this movie, and like it, they do establish that she can't move very well. And then after the scene with the brother getting stabbed in the back and she saves him, she proceeds to do a lot of running around by herself and is totally fine. Yeah. But that's not the point I was trying to make. That's that's hardly unbelievable. It really bothered me. Well, that's that's fine. What is absolutely ridiculous about the ending is that this girl... To you. To anyone should be that she ends up shooting the doll-faced girl with a shotgun, which is fine. No... Yes. Yeah, she shoots her twice and kills her. But then the dude in the mask shows up and starts ramming her car because she gets a police officer gets killed and she take commandeers his car and is going to try and leave. The guy in the mask rams her car and in the process, she rolls out of it and there's gas leaking and so she takes her Zippo and blows both of the cars up. Oh, yeah. And she starts to limp down the street and you see the flaming oh, car yeah, with, the, with the man in the mask back up. And it starts to chase her down the road. It's on fire. On fire. And then the man in the mask eventually gets out of the car. He's on fire. And he's, no, he's burned to a crisp. He's not on oh, fire. Oh, yeah, because his then, mask is sticking And then he the gets walks up close to her, falls to his knees, and then falls down. She gets up and runs away. And, like, runs out to a, you know, that scene takes place in a sheltered, like, forested bridge area. She it's runs a bridge out, over a lake. Yeah, but she runs into, a, a like, a main highway-looking type of area. Yeah, immediately. And then tries to get in the back of, like, a family's pickup trucks, a la Texas Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. And then who's there but the fucking man in the mask? He's still alive. He just and, needed a breather. And he's trying to get her. And, and then she takes a baseball bat out of the back of the trunk and clubs him in the head. And now... It seems he's dead. That's the last time we see him. But that like that takes place over about 10 to 15 minutes. And it's where the movie goes from like, they sort of don't, like you sort of can suspend their disbelief for like them being able to move around without being seen or sure. people's injuries coming and going. But the dude essentially being invincible toward the end of the movie was kind of, uh, I, I could see how that graded some people. Like it was... Yeah. But I didn't mind it. I mean, at that point, it's just like, this movie's made it clear that it's just sort of goofy and having a good time. It was dumb and unbelievable. And I, after that happened, I was like, if we just cut to a scene of them in the hospital, 
just being sad. I'm going to be so angry. And then what happened? <laughs> there was like no explanation. She was just in the hospital. Yeah, because I was, was like, where's your brother? And then they, no explanation of that. Just in the, in in the, the hospital. hospital. Well, yeah. no, he was in the hospital. He was the one that was all hooked up to stuff. Oh, but something I think we messed up is you called the one in the pool scene doll face i think while we were talking about it and it's oh, not it's pin it's, up girl yeah, yeah it's pin right. up girl you're right which i realized when you were talking about how how she got the police car is because doll face comes up and slices the police officer's throat that's pretty brutal yeah anyway yeah the, he's like driving on what is that movie is it nick cage where he's like just a skeleton on fire, on fire on a motorcycle. He's Ghost Rider. Yeah, I've never seen it, but that's what it reminded me of. The poster. Why? He's not on a. Oh, he's not on a. He's not on fire, on a motorcycle. Well, he is, but what are you talking about? I thought you were just talking about the police officer. Oh no, I'm talking that. about the guy in the mask, like oh. driving down. That's what flashed in my head. I was like Nick Cage. Well, kind of, but he's on that guy. Nick Cage is on a motorcycle in that movie, so it's way more badass. It's Whatever. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. I'm just telling you. Well, the end of the movie, though, they sort of they try all of a sudden to make it psychological because, like. They're in the hospital and the girl hears this like jack-in-the-box noise that's associated with like a, a scare earlier in the movie where Dollface primes a jack-in-the-box and then like jumps out at her. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, oh, are they actually alive? I was not I, like that. I, I well, like, that's, that's what you're supposed to be. I read on Wikipedia that there's an alternate ending where you hear um, an axe dragging instead. Which, that again, is meant to imply that the man in the mask has found them. Like... That's bonkers. I Maybe mean, it's just trauma when they've got. Well, I mean, that's why I mean it gets kind of psychological all of a sudden. Like, yeah. that's it's not that kind of movie, and then they kind of take a weird tone right at the end. But I mean, on the whole, I think it wasn't. It's not as good as the first Strangers movie. The first Strangers movie is a movie I actually like to watch sometimes because I think it's good and legit creeps me out, even though I've seen it a bunch. It did really scare me. It I, is. It's frightening. It's, I it's was a, really the scared. concept is really scary, and the execution of it in that movie is really well done. You had to hold my hand as we walked around. Our apartment is not that big, and I was so scared. Yeah, I mean, it's a freaky movie, and they do it really well, and they do it in a way that, like, you know, there's plenty to nit nitpick about about people's injuries, about where these people are in the first movie, but you listeners will probably notice that. You didn't do any of that with the first movie because the first movie is better done, and so you sort of turn you you you're more willing to accept uh, inconsistencies when the movie's better. Yeah, because there are plenty, but yeah. but it's a, just a better movie. And well, yeah. I think they're hard to watch together and compare, even though like they have to supposed to be right because they they have the same villains, whatever. They're just very different tones. Sort of. I mean. The, I don't know. The, well, because the, the sequels, usually a sequel to something is meant to be done together. Well, that's why I think... The, the entree I, is the sequel to the appetizer. Well, that's why I think this is a really interesting series, because they are so disparate. They have these, like, really tenuous connections in the villains being the same, and they borrow mm -hmm. some of the same, like, devices. Like, like the, they've got M.O.s. home kind of thing, but they're ultimate... I think it's there, but... Whatever, but... Pickles uh, and peas, go on. They're ultimately just very different movies, and uh, I think that's ultimately why people were disappointed in the second one. Also, they took too long to make it, but... Yeah, they were just... I bet they were just trying to pump something out when they're like, oh, we have the script, we need money. 
Yeah. I'm creating narratives well, people, for myself, but it's been, got that vibe. Well, and horror movies have been enjoying like a nice little uh, heyday at the box office because of like Bloomhouse and they're cheap to make, and so people mm-hmm. people go out and it makes them a little bit of money. Um, so that's you're probably right, but I Thank you know you. I just I think people did give it kind of a bad rap because they were expecting something different, and it's just sort of like a turn your brain off slasher movie. But I can't blame them because the first movie has pretty interesting things going on. It's it's not the most original movie. It's not the best movie, but it's a pretty damn scary one, and uh, I I still really like it. It was it was fun to watch. It clearly scared you. So <laughs> the first one did, yeah. Yeah. The second one did not. I slept like a baby. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. So, well. That's our longest episode now, so... Because there are two. I know. Talking about two. That's right, so... Uh, takes more work, takes more time. That's Just right. like, did you ever play Sims? We've played Sims together. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm in an interview mode. Yeah. Okay, you know when you would have twins and Sims? That ta- that was just a soul suck. It ate up my don't, whole Don't game. you know? Don't, don't the people know? <laughs> well, next week we'll only do one, so we'll be back back to a regular routine but we'll have more series in the future i'm sure and uh we'll we'll see how that goes but it was fun to do two and sort of compare and contrast them i think yeah it was yeah so we used to play sims a lot we had a whole okay phase we'll, t- of sims. We'll, we'll talk about this off we i Nobody can't believe cares. i forgot about it we really did have a yes we did so anyways this but is... sometimes things aren't meant to be compared and contrasted like twins they're separate people so this has been We Watch Dead People. <laughs> we have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And a Gmail. Yeah, We Watch Dead People at Gmail. They're all We Watch Dead People. But on Twitter, the people is PPL. Yep. And uh, For the slang. We're on, uh, you probably know if you've made it this far in, but we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud. Um, I'm still... Tune in. Yeah, tune in, Stitcher. Spotify, did you say that? Yeah, no, we're on Spotify too. Yeah. Um, uh, That's where I, I listen because I keep accidentally turning that like quick thing on. You can on do that on Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Well, I don't do it on my Spotify. On Apple Podcasts, I'm like, wow, something's wrong with my app. Everybody in the podcast is talking so fast. They're talking like this, and you're like, no, again. <laughs> it's happened, just like, done that. It's happened I know, like three times. So. I know, so I've just switched to Spotify. <laughs> well, whatever works, whatever whatever floats your boat. So, uh, yeah, subscribe, share, do all that jazz, and uh, please. We'll be back next week mm-hmm. with a new episode and hopefully a nice And a different movie. movie. That's right. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Have a good week, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
I can do a total eclipse of the heart.